January 10th, Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 through 17. Large crowds followed Jesus as he came down from the mountainside. Suddenly a man with leprosy approached Jesus. He knelt before him, worshiping. Lord, the man said, if you want to, you can make me well again. Jesus touched him. I want to, he said. Be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. Then Jesus said to him, Go right over to the priest and let him examine you. Don't talk to anyone along the way. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy, so everyone will have proof of your healing. When Jesus arrived in Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him, Lord, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed and racked with pain. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. Then the officer said, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are, and my servant will be healed. I know because I am under the authority of my superior officers, and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say, Go, and they go, or Come, and they come. And if I say to my slaves, Do this or that, they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to the crowd, he said, I tell you the truth, I haven't seen faith like this in all the land of Israel. And I tell you this, that many Gentiles will come from all over the world, and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at the feast in the kingdom of heaven. But many Israelites, those for whom the kingdom was prepared, will be cast into outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the Roman officer, Go on home. What you have believed has happened. And the young servant was healed that same hour. When Jesus arrived at Peter's house, Peter's mother-in-law was in bed with a high fever. But when Jesus touched her hand, the fever left her. Then she got up and prepared a meal for him. That evening, many demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. All the spirits fled when he commanded them to leave, and he healed all the sick. This fulfilled the word of the Lord through Isaiah, who said, he took our sicknesses and removed our diseases. It is one of the most amazing and one of the most wonderful and I think one of the sweetest things in all the Bible that in the hours just before Jesus was to be killed, he had set his mind and his heart and his words to build faith and to build joy and to build faith into the lives of his followers. Just think of it. We're just hours before he knew he would not only die, but be tortured with one of the worst devices of torture that has ever been conceived for hours and his mind was on them. I want you to have peace. I want you 
to rejoice. I want you to have faith. That's amazing. I try to put myself in in his shoes. Or I'll ask you, tomorrow you're going to be killed. All right? Tomorrow, Sunday. Or for those of us watching, Monday. You're going to be killed. And you're not only going to be killed, you're going to be tortured to death and you don't know how long it's going to take or how horrible it will be. What would you be thinking about? I think I would be wrestling with my own peace. (laughs) I think I'd be looking for my own joy. I think I'd be struggling with my own faith, not yours. Unless... Christ had been so real to me and had come and so satisfied me that his peace and his joy and his faith was so filling me that I was freed even in that kind of hour to think about you. What a miracle. We have an amazing Savior. So peace, joy, and faith are his burden. Let me just point those out. Verse 27. Peace. John 14. We're all together. John 14, verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Now, joy. Verse 28. Middle of the verse. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced. Because I'm going to the Father, and the Father is greater than I. And now, faith, verse 29. And now I have told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may believe. Peace, joy, believing, faith. That's what he's aiming at before he suffers. He's just looking at them and saying, I want you to have peace. I don't want you to be troubled. I don't want you to be shaken. I don't want you to be anxious. I don't want the the waters of your life to be tormented. I want you to rejoice that I go to the Father. And I want you to trust in all that I'm doing for you now and all that the Father is going to do. I want you to trust me. Trust my work. Trust my word. Isn't that amazing? He's the one that's about to be torn to shreds and he wants them to have peace. Psalm chapter 9, verses 13 through 20. Lord, have mercy on me. See how I suffer at the hands of those who hate me. Snatch me back from the jaws of death. Save me so I can praise you publicly at Jerusalem's gates, so I can rejoice that you have rescued me. The nations have fallen into the pit they dug for others. They have been caught in their own trap. The Lord is known for his justice. The wicked have trapped themselves in their own snares. The wicked will go down to the grave. This is the fate of all the nations who ignore God. But the needy will not be forgotten forever. The hopes of the poor will not always be crushed. Arise, O Lord! Do not let mere mortals defy you. 
Let the nations be judged in your presence. Make them tremble in fear, O Lord. Let them know they are merely human. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. My child, never forget the things I have taught you. Store my commands in your heart, for they will give you a long and satisfying life. Never let loyalty and kindness get away from you. Wear them like a necklace. Write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favor with both God and people, and you will gain a good reputation. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do, and He will direct your paths.